Hello, I'm Philip. And I'm Phoebe. Welcome to Dad. And Daughter Do Death. Hello, Phoebe. Hi, Dad. Um, uh, I'm okay. I'm glad that the um, I'm over the worst of it. <laughs> the worst well, of the heat. The last two or three days have been quite um, biblical. I would say it, it's been it's hell. Important. I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's been very, so hot. Very warm. Just like they forecast, I guess they got that absolutely right. Bang and, on, and and the forecast, the temperatures that we're going to get yeah. to, but forty point three in Lincolnshire, which yeah. isn't far from you. That was no. the hottest place. Insane, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely I just crazy. It's been horrific. Hopefully, the worst of it's over well, now. Today is so different. I cannot believe that twenty four hours ago we were literally beside ourselves with heat last night was absolutely ho- like horrendous i think otto was really unsettled because it was so hot i, I was really unsettled because it was so hot yeah and then now 24 hours on like our bedroom is like almost cold oh, yeah i was i woke up this morning because had all the windows open yeah air going through all night and this morning i was i was i was chilly we went to soft play where they had air conditioning and that was lovely almost <laughs> to the point where i was a bit cold i presume that's it for this year we won't get any more spikes in heat i was saying to toby like this is historic people will talk about this heat wave and how hot it was yeah, <laughs> they will but uh, we're luckier than some people in france or spain or places where it's like this for weeks we were saying that can you imagine being at the house so, in france in this so weather that would be a challenge mm. here we are whiling away the time talking about the british yeah, weather the weather <laughs> Like true Brits. Yeah. But if you have um if you have any tales you would like to tell us about how you survived the weather, then let us know. So with no further ado, Phoebe, I thought perhaps we might go straight into my story of this week. Let's do it. And following on from what we said in our last episode, mm-hmm. I've gone Commonwealth. Okay. This one. And this story covers two Commonwealth countries, Canada and India. Cool. Yeah, this is in celebration of the fact that this month marks the beginning of the Commonwealth Games. They start on the 28th of July and go through to the 8th of August. Uh, So, yeah, let's have a look at some Commonwealth true crime. So this is the story of Sukhvinder Dillon. Sukhvinder Dillon was born in the industrial city of Ludhiana in the Punjab in India on May the 9th, 1959, just seven days after somebody else we know who was oh, born yeah. on May 1959. <laughs> <laughs> he was, in fact, the third child of Fagan and Gobind Dillon, and he arrived about 11 years after the then youngest child was born. Wow. And he actually had two older brothers who were called Sukbir and Darshan. Okay. So Sukvinder grew up in a relatively well-off family in the bustling Ludhiana neighbourhood of Burke, Basel, where his father owned a cattle farm in in the middle of the urban environment. His father had been a career police officer, before okay. leaving force in Ludiana rather abruptly for reasons that were never fully explained. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know what was going on there, but uh, 
he left the police and set up this cattle farm in the middle of the city. But Fagan, Suckbinder's father, died quite young, apparently of a heart attack, when young Suckbinder was only five years old. Oh, wow, okay. Suckbinder immigrated to Canada in 1981, along with his mother, and they were following in the footsteps of his older brother, Sukbir, who had already settled in a town called Hamilton, which is an industrial steel town on the western extremity of Lake Ontario, about 40 miles west of Toronto. Okay. In fact, I think we might have been there when we did our bus and train trip to Niagara Falls back in 2013. Uh, Okay, when it took about 17 hours. It was the most awkward journey from from Toronto Toronto to get to Niagara Falls. Arguably the biggest tourist attraction in Canada. It was impossible (laughs) to get there. That train that took like it went about four miles an hour, didn't it? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and I think didn't it only go as far as like somewhere like Hamilton? It's a big place. And then we had to get a bus to sort of somewhere Niagara, and then that was out of town. We had to get a taxi and all that. Business. Yeah, it was the most complicated <laughs> journey just to get to. Like you'd think that Toronto to Niagara Falls was quite a well-trodden sort of path because it wasn't far was it not really not really but it was so complicated to get to that was my overwhelming feeling of canada generally everything was a lot harder work than it needed <laughs> to be. or a lot more complicated than it needed to be i mean it, it was november and maybe they didn't run the sort of normal tourist buses or true and was it like a wednesday or something like that yeah, it was in the it was week. middle of the week yeah but still it felt complicated <laughs> Anyway, we may have been to Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> in 1983, so just a couple of years later, Dylan travelled back to the Punjab to marry Parvesh Kaur. So she became Parvesh Dylan. And Parvesh and Sukbinder moved back to Canada and they lived together, seemingly happily, in Hamilton for the next few years. And I can find no record of them having had any children. Okay. So Binder Dillon worked briefly at a factory before becoming a used car salesman, later owning and running his own dealership. Allegedly, he also used to engage in car insurance fraud and he would do dodgy things like rewind odometers on vehicles so that they would appear to have less mileage and apparently he also arranged for bogus car crashes in which he would be involved and then he would claim insurance payouts Mm -mm. uh, he was always looking to make an insurance claim okay so there they were Parvesh and Sukbinder living happily in Hamilton when suddenly, on January the 30th, 1995, so they'd been married, what, 11, 12 years, Parvesh fell ill. Oh, no. She went into a coma and died four days later in hospital. Oh, no, that is ill. Her body was so rigid that her back was arched, like a bow, apparently. Oh, and wow. she died, even though she was in a coma, it would have been an agonising death. Nevertheless, the coroner was unable to find a cause of death. Oh. And it was considered a mystery. So I've no idea what that she put on the death certificate. She died. Maybe they'd put misadventure or... I was, I was thinking misadventure. <laughs> something, but uh, 
they they didn't find out at the time what caused her death. Oh no. The next business day, Sukvind Dillon filed a life insurance claim. He managed to collect more than two hundred and fifteen thousand Canadian dollars in life wow. insurance payouts. And he also managed to get $83,000 of loans paid off. Wow. So he was doing all right. Yeah. And strangely, within nine weeks of the death of Parvesh, Dylan travelled to India and married 21-year-old Saravjit Kaur Bra. Wow, that that moved quickly. It did, didn't it? Dylan then allegedly travelled to another village and married yet again. What? Yeah. Now, this bride was called Kushwindapreet Kaur. She was 23 and she had no knowledge of his earlier marriages. Oh, wow. Okay. So he'd married these two young women who were like half his age. And because of the dowry system that was in operation in that culture, he had collected Two lots of dowry. Oh, wow. Okay. And I guess it's cheaper to insure young people than it is to insure older <laughs> well, people. Yeah, there is that as well. So Dylan returned to Hamilton, and it would appear that both of these women remained in India, expecting for their immigration to Canada to be sponsored by Sukhvinder Dylan. And meanwhile, the fathers of the two brides began their immigration proceedings for their daughters so he's back in Canada he's got these two women that don't know about each other that he's allegedly married to both (laughs) and he's taken their dowries later on in 1995 so it's been a busy year for him yeah yeah. (laughs) Dylan returned to India and he visited wife what would be wife number two I suppose given that the first wife had died yeah in hospital where she had just given birth to twin boys that he had fathered oh, wow, okay. on his first trip. Trip back. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and very sadly, at the age of just 12 days old, both of these babies mysteriously died. Oh, no. So Sarabjit Bra was obviously upset <laughs> by... By what happened and then while all that was going on bizarrely his third wife Kushwindapreet Kaur suddenly died oh now her body was cremated very quickly without an autopsy she died okay. in India but relatives reported that when she was dying her body was so stiff that when they took her to the hospital they had to lay her across their laps in the car on the way to the oh, hospital, wow. and her legs are actually sort of out of the window because she's oh like God. she's like kind of gone into this rigor mortis, <laughs> almost rigor mortis, but still alive. Yeah, absolutely solid, stiff. That's a bit terrifying. So now his first wife died in Canada, the two babies died in India, and wife number three died in India. Hmm. But that didn't stop Dylan. He went on to marry a fourth wife. What? This is confusing because her name is also Sukvinda. Oh, wow, okay. (laughs) Who was 26-year-old Sukvinda Kur Gruel, 
who is also from Ludhiana, where Dylan was originally from. Okay. Leaving her in India in the same way that he had left wife number three in India, he returned back to Canada in March 1996, but he arranged to sponsor the immigration of Sakbindo Kurgrul into Canada in lieu of wife number three, who had died. So Okay. So apparently he's now trying to sponsor wife number two and wife number four to come right, into Canada. Okay. Somehow or other, the fathers, the parents of these two young women sort of got wind of the situation and they notified the Canadian authorities that, that their daughters were being set up to go to Canada and it all seemed a bit of a dodgy deal. And as a result... Dylan's application for the immigration of the women to Canada was rejected. Oh. So he's in Canada without a wife, and there are these two women in India. Okay, so it's a complicated situation. He's got a complicated (laughs) domestic life. (laughs) That is complicated. While while, um, dealing in uh, second-hand cars with dodgy mileage readings. And things. Oh, and that, so it sounds like a lot of admin to keep oh, up with all yeah, of that. It does, isn't it? You must that's be, so stressful. All this traveling battles of force between Canada yeah. and India because that's not a short journey. No. <laughs> now, none of this would have come to the public's attention if it had not been for the death of Ranjit Singh Keller. Okay. Now, Ranjit Singh Keller was a 25 year old young man and he came to Canada from India in 1993 and became a business partner of Dylan in his okay. car business. And it is said that the young man trusted and respected Dylan and referred to him as uncle. Okay. They must've been working together for about three years because in May, 1996, Keller and Dylan took out mutual life insurance policies on each other. Oh, okay. As beneficiaries for a hundred thousand Canadian dollars, presumably because of the, the business. Yeah. And the policy contained a clause that would double the amount in the event of accidental death. Oh. That's go. good. Bizarrely, the very next month in June nineteen ninety six, Keller collapsed and his body appeared to go really stiff. That's strange. He died a few days later in hospital in agony in the same way that the other two women that had died around Mm -hmm. Dylan had suffered. And before he died, though, he did report that he had taken a pill that had been given to him by Dylan, (gasps) who had told him that it would cure him of his impotence. Oh. (laughs) So suspicion starts to fall on Sukhvinda Dylan. Yeah. (laughs) Because there seems to be an awful lot of death around him that seemed to follow the same sort of pattern. Mm. These people collapse, they go very, very stiff and die two or three days later. He appears to be getting away with all these insurance policy claims, which could be considered to be crimes. He must be racking up quite a lot of money now. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, he's probably spending it all on airfares, isn't he? Going back. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. (laughs) Until a veteran insurance claims investigator named Cliff Elliott was assigned to follow up on the death claims for both 
Parvesh Dillon and Ranjit Keller, the mm-hmm. two that had died in Canada. Okay. So Cliff Elliott contacted police with his suspicions, setting in motion an investigation that took Hamilton detective Warren Coral and detective Kevin Dinsa, who himself was a native of central India, to Dylan's hometown of Ludhiana in the Punjab and several remote villages around there. And by now it was April 1997, so Dylan would have been about 38. Yeah. So and he's got three adults and two babies' deaths that uh, have gone before him. Mm-mm. As part of their investigations, the body of Parvesh, Dylan's first wife, was exhumed. Forensic investigations showed that her body had been poisoned with strychnine, or kuchila, the Indian name for the poison a minuscule amount of which can cause a rapid and tortured death. Apparently, it works by causing muscles to go into spasm, which results in the back being arched so dramatically and eventually causes death by asphyxiation. I suppose your body's so in, in such a huge spasm, it... it organs and things can't work properly particularly your lungs and I guess your heart as well yeah and you suffocate the bodies of the two baby boys were also exhumed by the Hamilton police while they were over in India and they brought them back to the centre of forensic sciences in Toronto Uh, it was found that their tiny corpses were loaded with medications that their mother says Mm-mm. she has no knowledge of how they were given to them doesn't specifically say it was strychnine but um, they were heavily drugged now strychnine is as we just said a very powerful poison and it actually comes from the seeds of a plant found mainly in india and it was once used as a rat poison uh. um, I, I think it was widely used probably around the world. Tom Lehrer talks about it in um, Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. Oh, does he strictly? Yeah. <laughs> but it became very much controlled, and by the time we're talking about here in the mid-'90s, it, it was not available for, for sale in Canada in any form. Okay. Um, in rat poison or anything else. So police believe that Dylan probably bought the seeds while in India. Mm, okay. Or maybe even just found them. I don't know if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, um, took them from a tree. <laughs> or, or it might be the sort of thing you can just buy from a, a marketplace in India and brought them back into Canada where he mm-hmm. did whatever he had to do to them to turn them into a poison, which he then gave to his victims. Mm-mm. Dylan was arrested at his East Hamilton used car dealership in October 1997 on suspicion of causing these deaths. He faced two murder charges for the deaths in Canada, his first wife, Parvesh, and his business partner, Ranjit Singh Keller. Mm -hmm. The investigation was complex, given the range of places involved, and it took a while to prepare the case for court, gathering together evidence that incriminated him in the killings. On September 11th, year 2000, the trial began. The Crown's attorney, Brent Bentham, 
alleged that Dylan poisoned his wife and a business associate to collect insurance proceeds. Yeah, uh, I think that well that looks like that would be the case. Yeah. <laughs> and the court heard that Dylan poisoned to death the wife in Punjab, but he was not tried for those. Mm. He, he was not tried for that alleged murder or for the deaths of the two babies. Okay. Now that trial in year 2000 was declared a mistrial because it was discovered that witnesses from India proved to be imposters. What? (laughs) Yeah. So, however, he was convicted when he was retried for his wife's murder in July 2001 and Ranjit Keller's murder in December 2001. And he was sentenced to 25 years to life. Wow. In October 2010, Dylan appealed his conviction, but it took just 20 minutes of deliberation for the three judges hearing the appeal to dismiss the case. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dylan continued to serve his sentence at the Walkworth Institution in Campbellford, about 150 miles east of Toronto, until he actually died in prison in November 2013, aged 54, apparently of cancer. Yeah. He wasn't very old? No, he wasn't. This case was documented in a 31-part, which uh, amounted to 176,000 words. Jesus. (laughs) Series of articles in The Spectator. Oh, okay. And And the series was called Poison. And it was researched in both Canada and the Punjab, and it won a National Newspaper Award for journalism and spawned Mm. a Bollywood movie and book of the same name. No way. There was another movie called Kion Kislai, which apparently translates to why and for whom. Okay. um, Which was very much a budget, low-budget film that was shot in Hamilton in 2003. So... Yeah, it's an um, interesting little story that mm, spans India and Canada. <laughs> yeah. And it, wow. Yeah, all sorts going on there. And so much trouble. So there you go. Strychnine, very powerful poison that comes from a very natural source, just some seeds mm-hmm. in, in the same way that um, ricin comes from the castor seed, castor yep. plant, same place that castor oil comes from. Yeah, which can be used for all sorts of methods including well it's like an old wise tale that it's used for like induction of labor isn't it or uh, kind of clearing everything out yeah yeah cyanide that's a naturally occurring yep that's in a lot of fruit stones isn't it apricots apples peaches and um, yeah and it's it would take about 200 apple seeds to kill you which isn't that many, because that's about 40 apples worth of seeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nature's uh, out to kill us. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, nature's a very powerful force, isn't it? Yeah. Arsenic is a metal, I believe, a heavy metal, so that's more of a yeah. chemical element than a naturally growing thing. But, um, yeah, well, then you've got deadly nightshade, haven't you? And yeah, of course. Yeah. There's, that, there's that garden, isn't there, at um, Annick Castle, and it's just made up of deadly plants that would kill you um, but it's it's filled exclusively with about 100 toxic intoxicating and narcotic plants wow there we go so um 
Be careful what you grow and eat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not growing anything poisonous, I don't think, at our allotment. So. Yeah, so many drugs are grown, aren't they, as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, o- opium is derived from poppies, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. We want to know the damage that that does. Cannabis, that comes from a yeah. hemp. That's hemp, isn't it, from the hemp yeah. seed? Yeah. Gosh. Well, there you go. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's it. interesting how uh, how we use that one particular drug. Why well, they didn't detect yeah. it earlier, I don't know. But um, they obviously weren't looking for it. Yeah, yeah. One particular drug that seems to have very specific symptoms. Yeah, and historical like known symptoms as well, which is weird. But yeah, there are a few pictures, not very many. Um, cool. There are some pictures of Dylan himself. Great. Will you share them on our social media? I will. I'll put them on Instagram. At Dad and Daughter Do Death. And on Facebook. Dad and Daughter Do Death. And if you'd like to contact us about this story or any other that we've covered, you can always send us an email. At Dad and Daughter Do Death at gmail.com. Or feel free to drop us a message through Instagram or Facebook. It'd be good to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Thank you for listening and thank you very much for another interesting story. Yeah, you're welcome. I'll uh, be bringing you another story from the Commonwealth next week. I look forward to that. Thanks very much, Phoebe. (laughs) Thank you. So join us next time when once again, Dad and daughter do death.